0: Good morning, let's have a word of prayer if we get started. Father, thank you for Jesus, uh, thank you for uh, salvation for whosoever will, uh, I don't know what you have in mind for me or others, but I do know that uh, you love us and you care about us and you gave us your word to study. And this morning, I need help, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, I have uh, on a deacon sheet two or three pages for where he changed it from one meeting to the other, and one when I went to the funeral and came back, and uh, I get confused pretty easy anyway. And I thought today was Easter, and last. Wednesday, I believe it was, I was talking to Pastor Jake, and he said, No, Sunday's not Easter, it's the following Sunday. But I've been studying the Gospel of John with Dr. McGee, and he's starting the Book of John, and, uh, and I'd started this message uh, concerning the resurrection, so this morning I'm just going to pretend it's Easter. And, uh, it's not a, a message maybe to make sense to you, but me and Stacy were talking there a few minutes ago about how easy it is for people to be deceived. You hear something and maybe you don't check it out and the first thing you know you listen to a teacher that's not very good or maybe is good and you don't know it. But uh, we'll be touching on the resurrection this morning. Now, I don't remember everything that Pastor Jake's has been teaching from 1 Corinthians, from the first chapter up to where we're at right now. But the one thing that I noticed is that church had a lot of carnal Christians or babes in the faith, if you will. And I'm of opinion that many of them weren't babes at all. Now, I know that Paul called them brethren. But I do believe, with all my heart, that as I read First and Second Corinthians, and I've done it several times now, that Paul was deeply concerned about some of them being saved. For in Second Corinthians thirteen five, he says, "Examine yourselves. Make sure you're in the faith." Now, <clears throat> some of the things that they've done and uh, he's had to deal with from the first chapter up to where we're at now, would definitely tell us that they weren't very mature. And I'm not trying to get into what all he was teaching, but I just don't think that uh, the uh, people in that church were mature at all. Now, I would like to start in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, uh, verses 1 through 4. I used to quote it, but that was back when my memory was working better. If anybody gets to chapter 15 and want to read verses 1 through 4, I'd appreciate it. Or else I'll be there shortly. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive, in which also you stand. And which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word, believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also receive that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. New Testament church has on two great pillars. One the death of Christ and the the other is the uh resurrection. Now we all know that Christ died for sinners but everybody that goes to church doesn't realize that when you're talking about a resurrection you're talking about a body resurrection, and people are being deceived everywhere over that uh that it's a spiritual resurrection and it's it's a body it's not a spirit so uh In verse 12 of this chapter, chapter 15, uh, there's people in that church that was teaching there is no resurrection. So uh, it wasn't necessarily that they were teaching there's no resurrection for humans. They just said there's no resurrection for nothing. They just flat did not believe in it. And uh, some of it was from Stoics Stoicism. Uh, didn't couldn't write it out, so I, I can't pronounce it. But it was like four religions there that didn't believe in anything as far as the resurrection. And I take it it was them that was teaching that there is no resurrection, that Paul was directing this to more than just the uh, babe that was saved. Uh, verse 12, he says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how I say so among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. Now, <clears throat> today is not Easter like I thought it was. But next Sunday in good, godly, fundamental churches where the pastors say saved, the deacons, uh, the large number of people in church are saved. It'd be just a smattering of, of non-believers, maybe. And most every message that will be taught next week in those churches won't uh, speak of the resurrection of Christ. I do not know why. It seems like that The New Testament church, the people were persecuted for uh, teaching the resurrection, but today there's no persecution. It's all the death of Christ. Well, and I want to be irreverent, but if we just had the death of Christ, none of us would be here because we wouldn't be believers. Or if Christ had somehow went by the cross and went in the ground like He's supposed to and stayed down there three days and come up, we still wouldn't have salvation. We had to... We had to have both. And the way the godless preacher is getting by with teaching on the resurrection next week is not that he's reading Scripture and denying the words. He's denying the meaning of the words. Now, look at uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, and somebody read verse 3 and 4 for me. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In this case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of this gospel of the glory of Christ, it is the infinite God. Now, i give you a true story, but it didn't happen to me. It was a real godly preacher that was speaking on the resurrection, and he had spoke out against the liberal in the neighborhood. And one of the people that heard the godly preacher waited till he was done with his message, and he come up, she come up to him. She said, "Pastor, you're wrong about Mister So and So. Says uh, he teaches the resurrection just like you do." And the good pastor said to her, "Well." He uses the words I use, but you don't use the same meaning. What do you mean? So uh, the good pastor told us, says you go back and talk to him and ask him what he means by the death of Christ and the resurrection. Ask him if he believes Christ is virgin born. Ask him if he believes he died for sins of the world. Ask him if he believes he rose the third day. Well, she said, "Well, of course she does. I told you." She's the good pastor her, "Well, you just go back and ask." So when the lady got the opportunity, she went and asked him, and the liberal ridiculed her, laughed at her, made fun at her, and, and just poked all manner of fun at her and how ignorant she was for believing in such superstition, and she was back in the dark age. So that broke the lady's heart because she was a believer, and she come back and told the good pastor. Uh, what this man says. And that's where they're so dangerous is that they say what they want you to hear, but they don't mean what they're saying. If you check on them, uh, you can you can find it out. Now, uh, since Paul was having difficulty with those people there and believing in the resurrection, he spent many a verse in chapter 15 uh, proving it. And a look at... Uh, Chapter 15, just verse 20 for now. Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Now, <clears throat> the Lord began to teach Israel about the first fruits of resurrection. But it was after the death of our Lord that he began to teach them, or uh, not a, not the death of our Lord, but the offering that showed that he was going to die for them, is what I should have said. Uh, turn to Leviticus chapter 23. And kind of mark it if you want to, because I've got several verses there I'd like to look at before we get done. <clears throat> If you're there already in chapter twenty three, read verse four and five. When when I first uh, Went to work with uh, with the Raymonds to sell that house we got in Southville. We tried to short sell it, which I'm ashamed to say, but it did not work. And uh, I guess it shouldn't work for a Christian. But anyway, I tried it, and it ended up costing me a lot of money. And she told me who to get to get it fixed, and some kind of setup where the people that are supposed to, re, uh, are supposed to winterize the houses, they didn't winterize it, and so I got all the money back. But I was sitting in the front yard while I was working in the house, and some Jehovah Witnesses come by, and as soon as they uh, saw me, they come up the sidewalk. We talked to you. Yeah, sure. And they give me their spiel about Jesus and all that, and uh, I asked them, I said, why is so many of you out this early in the year still kind of cold out? What are you looking for? Oh, he says, we got to tell people about the Passover. I said, I don't understand what you mean. Yeah. Well, he said, we have to tell people that the Passover is coming and that they need to get saved. And I said, well, uh, do you know that Jesus was the Passover? Oh, well... He says, uh, perhaps maybe you could show me. And you think I could find a verse? I went after, I went brain dead. But I don't think I'll ever forget it. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And you don't need to turn back there. But uh, I thought, how are you going to witness somebody if you don't know the Scripture? So I, I made sure that I uh, can remember that one. Now... Uh, back in verse twenty of First Corinthians fifteen, I was talking about the first fruits. So we're in, still in Leviticus chapter twenty-three, I hope, and we looked at the Passover, it speaks of Christ, and then in verse uh, ten through fourteen, we have the first fruit offering, and says, "Speak ye unto the children of Israel, and say unto them." When you become to the lamb which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest, thereof, then you shall bring a sheep of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. Now, Pastor Jake says all the time, and I'm going to say it right now. Sabbath is Saturday, and you notice the day after Sunday that Christ arose from the dead on Sunday, remember? Over in the uh, New Testament. And uh, and he shall wave the sheath before the Lord to be accepted for you on the after the Sabbath the priest shall wave it, and he shall offer that day when ye wave the sheath and he lamb without blemish of uh, the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of deal with fine flour mingled with oil and offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savour. And a drink offering thereof shall be wine, the fourth part of a hint, and ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the same day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a stature forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Now, please don't ask me what all that means. (laughs) I don't know. What I do know is that Paul studied the Old Testament. And he he knew how to interpret this in the New Testament. And this does speak of Christ being the first one uh, raised from the dead. Now, uh, turn back to chapter 14 of Leviticus. And I used to that way from this book because honestly I'd almost vomit when I'd read through some of the stuff about leprosy and stuff and it it, it didn't sit well me at all and then I heard it explained that that was Bill Wilson's sin and leprosy is a type of sin and I got to think about that it bothers me to read it how much does it bother God knowing what I'm doing after he saved me? And it, it must really, really, really uh, bother Him. Now, this uh, story here, a few verses about the leper, where He used the two birds, <clears throat> and it, it's 1 through 7. And I, I'm not going to re- read the, the verses, Um uh, but I want to just give you what the Schofield Bible says about it. <clears throat> uh, it says, Leprosy speaks of sin in the blood, become over it in loathsome ways, incurable by human means. The antitypes applied to the people of God is sin demanding self judgment and demanding confession and cleansing. First John 1 9. And. It says, uh, uh, point one, the leper does nothing. Romans 4, verses 4 and 5. Point two, the priest seeks the leper, not the leper, the priest, Luke nineteen 10. Three, without shedding the blood is no remission, Hebrews 9, 22. And four, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. First Corinthians fifteen, seventeen. Then uh Numbers chapter seventeen. Remember the I guess has been as far back as the, two months when Pastor Elworth was going through Numbers, maybe a little longer, a little less, and we come to the gainsay in the court and the rebellion. Anybody remember what God had uh, Moses do? <coughs> Excuse me. They, of the 12 tribes, each tribe took a dead... Uh, piece of wood, I don't know how long it don't say, but uh, the age one took a piece of wood and laid it up before the Lord, and the next morning, Aaron's rod had life in it. It had buds on it, and it sprouted almonds, and the other eleven were dead as they were when they they put them in there. And I probably should read those verses, and then I'll read you the comments. Uh, 5 through 8 of, no, 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 no. Numbers seventeen five through 8, yep. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, and I'll make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod of peace, for each prince won according to their father's house, even twelve rods. And the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass, on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed, blossoms, and yielded almonds. Is life out of death. Now, the comment goes like this. Aaron's rod that budded, type of Christ and resurrection, owned of God as high priest, <clears throat> and Aaron's priesthood had been questioned in rebellion the course, so God himself will confirm it. Verse 5, Each of the tribe heads brought a perfectly dead rod. God put life into Aaron's only, so all the... Uh, authors of religion have died. Uh, Christ among them, but only Christ was raised from the dead and exalted to be a high priest. Hebrews 4.14, Hebrews 5, 4 through 10. Now, they shouldn't have missed it. And if they did miss it, they shouldn't have been saying there's no resurrection because they had plenty of Scripture uh, to, to read if they wanted to really... Uh, believe but uh, they was probably like me I ran faster from the Lord than uh, probably anybody ever did I did not want to be caught Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 now we go back to 1 Corinthians now to the 15th chapter And somebody can read verse twenty three if you want. At least in his own order, Christ the first fruit after that, those who are Christ at his coming. I think that I'm right, but I very well could be wrong. Uh, if I am it'll be two or three times in this month and that's all in my whole life. Uh, chapter uh four and first Thessalonians is the verses that deals with the rapture. Well you you know if you don't have no believers coming up you're not gonna have no rapture so we we don't have to look at it but uh, uh, <clears throat> uh it, it's first corinthians four thirteen i mean first thessalonians four thirteen to eighteen but like i said it's it's just references to the resurrection or the rapture now the uh, the devil Has, I think, more preachers than God does, and I don't mean to be a reverend. I just think there's more non-believing preachers than there are godly preachers, and they use subtlety. So I want to turn over to Second Corinthians chapter eleven. And uh, this, I'll just read the verse 3 and 4 here to start. Paul says, But I fear least by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he that cometh preaches another Jesus, uh, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, you have not received or know the gospel. <clears throat> you have not accepted. You might well bear with him. Now, evidently, not only was the nonbelievers in Corinth, but they were associated with non believers and Paul was trying to get their attention and get it on the Word and on Jesus. And he was telling them to be aware uh, of these false teachers. Uh, chapter 11 of Second Corinthians, verse 13 through 15, Paul says, "For talking about his false teacher now, <clears throat> excuse me, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, "...transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed to an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works." Now, I've got to repeat myself but this is me false teachers teach a spiritual resurrection not a bodily resurrection but we will have a body and when if you recall when Jesus appeared to his disciples they were scared, and he just, I guess he came through the door. It might have been a wall, could have been a ceiling, could have been from the bottom up. But I take it he come through the door, he just didn't open it. And uh, Luke makes it abundantly clear that he was in a body. Turn to chapter 24, Luke. 36, I'll start reading in 36 of chapter 24. <clears throat> and as they, this is original 11, I take it. And as they uh, thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen the Spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled, and why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. When thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of boiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and then the prophets, and then the Psalms concerning me. Now, I'm sure that one of you noticed that when Jesus was talking to him, let me see if I can find it here. He said, uh, uh Spirit has not flesh and bone. He didn't mention His blood. He gave His blood for the sin of the world. But He was in a body and we all will have a body. Of course, I'm well aware that y'all know this, but when you don't do any better than me you gotta repeat and then repeat and repeat. So go back to first Corinthians uh chapter fifteen with me again. Now, some time ago, I tried to help some people uh, concerning the false teacher, and all I got from my effort was anger and resentment. And I was reading through John yesterday or morning or Friday morning, and I didn't uh, try to elaborate or or go into the verse, but it says... uh, and then I just wrote it down and said, "People who like darkness don't want any part of the light." You ever thought about that? I mean, people come, a non-believer, they hear a message and they're gone. And occasionally they'll go to church, but evidently they don't want to be in the light because they they don't stay. And this is a silly illustration, but it's truth. I was working in Northern Kentucky at the racetrack, and it's called uh, Perthway Park now. And, but when I was there many, many years ago, it was called Latonia. And they raced at night in the wintertime. And 11.30 to 12 o'clock at night, it was cold. And the security guard would go around and turn all the lights off. Well, sometimes if your horse raced at the, uh, the last race, you'd have to finish up in the dark once they turned the lights off. And I'm going to tell you, I walked walking a horse round the shed row with a barn and rats, oh, big, dirty, stinking rats, and they'd run between your legs and the horse would jump and I would jump and I'd go to the left and I'd go to the right. And I couldn't wait to get done to get away from them. But you could go to that barn, not working, And hear them shuffling, running, and playing. And ten seconds after the light come on, they're gone. Not a one. Not a one left. Now, I know there's a difference in human beings and rats, but people that like darkness uh, will run just as fast as those uh, rats did. Now... Any way you say it, if Christ didn't die, nobody's saved. And any way you say it, if he didn't, if he wouldn't rise from the dead in a body, we would have no resurrection. And Paul says um, that he did uh, rise from the dead, and there is uh, a resurrection. And I want to look at. Chapter 15, verse 33 and 34. -hmm. Be not deceived, evil communication corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God I speak this to your shame. Some have lots of knowledge. And they can use the Scripture very, very good. But God can't use it. And you say, what do you mean God can't use it? Well, I there's nothing God can't do that's not against His holy nature. But by and large, when a non-believing preacher is preaching, there's nothing going to happen. And after a while, God's people ought to know uh, who's a a non-believer and who's not. Now... Got nothing else written down there. Aren't you glad of that? Question time. You ever been listening to somebody and enjoying what they say? And I don't mean to substitute some school teacher, but I mean like on the radio or the TV, you listen to somebody, you really enjoy what they say, then all of a sudden you get this little, wait, something wrong with that. That did not sound right. Anybody want to? Tell me if you ever had an experience like that? You have? What was it? What was they talking about? You remember? Well, I'm just filling in time now anyway. We have plenty of chance to drink coffee. Uh. I heard a man, excellent speaker, uh, two different times, uh, two different men. One's African-American and one's white man. But neither one of them believe in salvation by grace. And the one was on TV, and I think I listened to him one and a half times. And the man on the radio, I listened the entire message, and I was amening about everything he said. And then the next time I heard him, he said like one verse or a half a verse and then told what it meant, and I knew he was he was, was wrong. But when I got saved, the only thing I knew was there was a heaven and a hell, and I was heading to hell. And they didn't ask me, Bill, do you believe in the virgin birth? And I'd never heard about it. They didn't ask me, Bill, do you believe that uh, Jesus was God's Son? I, didn't, I hadn't heard about it. They said, do you believe the Bible? And I said, as much as I understand, I do. And he said, then you know you're a sinner. I said, yeah. You know you're a sinner. I said, yes, don't everybody? And he laughed, and he says, you'll probably end up getting saved. And I said, why? And he said, the hardest thing in the world for a preacher to do is get a man or a woman to admit they're a sinner. And I said, I'm scared, but I'm not scared to admit I'm a sinner. And he said, what are you scared of? And I said, I'm scared that I've sinned so bad and so long that he won't save me. I got good news for you. You're a prime candidate. <laughs> and it wasn't but a short time after that, I really got on conviction, and, and, I, and I got saved. And I don't always know when I'm hearing error. And Bob can tell you, and so can Paul. I don't add and subtract very good either. But if you give me enough time with my Bible, sitting and listening, I can pretty much figure out if a man believes in God's plan of salvation, or if not. And, um, I've never been in but one church in my whole life where I thought that the preacher might be saved. I mean, not saved. And I talked to the Lord about it. And I've never told a living soul who I thought that man was, and I never will. But I did talk to the Lord about it. And, um, this didn't feel right. You know? Didn't didn't feel right. Well, let's pray and have some coffee. Christ, Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you that you saved me even as bad as I was. Forgive me while I let you down. Help me get through the rest of the day and pray for the speaker that's coming that uh, he will speak the word, be truthful, and speak it with clarity in Jesus name, amen. Last Sunday, I walked over here like this, and the parks were just pulling up later in the morning, Miss Parks come to me and she said, "Thank you for unlocking the door and I said, "Well, I didn't. I just walked over, and she said.